And I think another reason why people like to, um, to dedicate things to God is because it really makes us feel better about ourselves too. Like it really does. Like sometimes when I tithe, after, after I tithe, I'm just like, yeah, I feel much better about myself. <laughs> and I don't really think that's the point of why we're supposed to do it, but really it does make us feel better about ourselves if we dedicate something. Because then it's like an outward show of how much we, we care, I suppose, about God or this issue or who knows what. But, you know, God is um, God sees the heart behind it. He sees if we're doing it for the correct intentions or if we're just doing it to get noticed. Hey, faithful listener. Grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Good morning, faithful listeners, and thanks for tuning in on this lovely Monday morning to another episode of P40 Ministries podcast and for sharing a cup of coffee with me as we discuss Leviticus 27 verses 9 through 15. Grab your Bible and let's just jump right in. I'll be reading out of the NIV version this morning again. <laughs> and actually, if you didn't listen to um, Friday's episode, please go back and listen to it because you'll get a better understanding of what is happening in Leviticus 27 if you um listen to my episode that I did on Friday. But just as a quick recap before I start, basically all of Leviticus 27 is talking about vows. And it's kind of just added on at the very end of Leviticus 26. And it's kind of just like, what, what what's this doing here? Like Leviticus 26 kind of had a whole closure thing about how we're supposed to obey God and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden Leviticus 27 is just added on. And it seems kind of weird, but really what it was was after the law was made, people loved to make vows back in these days, and really people still do like to make vows, but it was very common and culturally accepted to make a vow. So God was kind of saying, well, if you guys heard the entire law and want to make a vow to me and uh, are probably going to make a vow to me, then here is the correct way to make a vow to me. And Jesus kind of talks about vows in his Sermon on the Mount and kind of just says like, don't really make vows. You don't have to. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to make a vow. It is not a sin to not make a vow. So don't make vows. And really much of the Bible actually talks about vows and how um, unhealthy they can be, especially if you make one and don't keep it. So making vows and keeping them is very important to God. So let's read Leviticus 27 verses 1, or I'm sorry, verses 9 through 15, and I'll be reading out of the NIV this morning. If what they vowed is an animal that is acceptable as an offering to the Lord, such as an animal given to the Lord becomes holy. They must not exchange it or substitute a good one for a bad one or a bad one for a good one. If they should substitute one animal for another, both it and the substitute become holy. 
If what they vowed is a ceremonially unclean animal, one that is not acceptable as an offering to the Lord, the animal must be presented to the priest, who will judge its quality as good or bad. Whatever value the priest then sets, that is what it will be. If the owner wishes to redeem the animal, a fifth must be added to its value. If anyone dedicates their house as something holy to the Lord, the priest will judge its quality as good or bad. Whatever the value the priest then sets, so it will remain. If the one who dedicates their house wishes to redeem it, they must add a fifth to its value and the house will become theirs again. So kind of the same thing with dedicating a person or oneself to the Lord. You go and work for the temple or you work for the Lord in some way. And you kind of become gods when you like dedicate yourself to God. Same thing here, what we're talking about in 9 through 15. But this time we're talking about both clean and unclean animals and houses. Once you dedicate something to God, it becomes God's. So the first thing God says here is that if an animal that is an acceptable offering to the Lord is dedicated. So in other words, a clean animal, if somebody wants to dedicate a clean animal to God, then they have to pay um, the price, whatever is set on that particular animal, and um, it is then given to God. And actually, the priest has a lot of authority in making that decision. In fact, he has all the, th- the authority in making that decision. It says that when the priest decides what the price is, that is what it's going to be. So the person, if they wanted to dedicate something to God, not only had to pay to dedicate it, but then the animal would then become God's. And this was something that people just liked to do. We like to, you know, give voluntary gifts to God because we don't really have much we can give to God, honestly. (laughs) We really have nothing we can give to God. But as a show of faith and as a show of our love and commitment to God, we can try to give him little things. That's why people have baby dedication ceremonies and just different things like that. We, We like to dedicate things to God if we love God. But of course, the best thing we can really dedicate to God is our hearts, because that's really the only thing we can actually give to God is our hearts and our lives. So yeah, many Christians do enjoy dedicating things to God even to this day. But back in these days, obviously, animals could be dedicated to God as work animals or as someday to be sacrifices. Maybe they could add to the um, sacrificial flock of sheep if they had a sheep. But the one thing that was kind of curious, I suppose, about this for me was in verse 10. They must not exchange it or substitute a good one for a bad one or a bad one for a good one. That was kind of weird for me. I'm like, what what does this mean? Say a person decides that when the um, baby animal is born, so whatever animal they have, let's just say it's a goat, and the goat mother is pregnant and she's about to have babies. If a person wants to dedicate one of the babies to God, then God says that if it comes out as a bad baby... <laughs> Like just one that is maybe crippled, blind, you know, something's wrong with it. Uh, God says that if it comes out as a bad baby, bad baby goat, you can still dedicate it and you don't need to exchange the bad one for the good one. And in fact, you shouldn't. It actually says the people must not exchange it or substitute a good one for a bad one. And that's kind of what I think this is talking about is if you dedicate an animal to God and it turns out to be a bad animal, 
you don't need to substitute it and you shouldn't substitute it for a good one. But also, if the animal comes out really pristine and really good and you can get a lot of money for that animal, you cannot substitute that animal for a worse animal (laughs) and dedicate the worse animal to God. So it goes both ways. Basically, God does not want you substituting your gifts to him. This is a vow. So if you promised an animal to God, you got to keep that vow. But here's what it says about this. It says that if the person does, in fact, substitute one animal for another, both it and the substitute become holy. So basically, the person loses both animals at that point. (laughs) And they have to dedicate, um, you know, the animals to God, whatever animal is born And then on top of that, the one that was substituted also becomes holy and uh, you have to or you have to uh, dedicate that one to God as well. So you lose both animals and God's kind of like, just don't do it. Don't substitute your gifts. If you promised me a gift and it came out, you know, the baby came out bad, then that's fine. You dedicated that animal to me and it's going to be mine. So don't exchange it. But also don't be shysty and decide that you want to keep the good animal for yourself and give me a bad animal. Just keep your vow. It's kind of what God is saying here. But then he goes on to say that if a ceremonially unclean animal is dedicated to God, one that is not acceptable as an offering to the Lord, then the animal must pre- be presented to the priest. So it looks to me like God, God was very clear that unclean animals could be dedicated to God. To me, this kind of just shows that God does place some value on all animals because he created them. And, uh, you know, animals are are God's creation. So obviously, even unclean animals, God cares for. And so a person can dedicate an unclean animal to God. And I'm going to guess this would be some sort of work animal, mostly, would be uh, something that people would dedicate to God. But God says, yeah, you can dedicate your unclean animals to God, like ones that are ceremonially unclean. But then the priest has to come in, analyze the animal that you want to give to God, and then they have to judge the quality as good or bad. So say the animal is, you know, it's not noticeably crippled or anything is seriously wrong with it, but it has like some other issue and the priest notices, then the priest could uh, say that this animal is bad or it's good, but it would still be dedicated to God. Even if it was a bad animal, it would still be dedicated and the priest would put a price on that animal. And then the priest would probably take away the animal and the animal would go live on the temple grounds or wherever. I don't know. But the animal would go do something. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, really, if you look at it. But here in verse 13, if the owner wishes to redeem the animal, a fifth must be added to its value. That means that, you know, redeem, that word means to buy back. So say the people, you know, have an animal, they dedicate it to God and they give it to the priest. And it turns out in three months, they really need that animal because one of their other animals died or something and they need that work animal back. They could go to the priest and be like, I need to redeem my animal and pay the priest a um, wage to get that animal back. So then moving on in verse 14, if anyone dedicates their house as something holy to the Lord, then the priest will judge its quality as good or bad. (laughs) 
I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard. This is so funny. Like the presets come in and just be, be like, yeah, your house is garbage. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. So the priest, okay. Say you live in a house and you want to dedicate it to God. That means that this belongs to God and you're moving out, I would guess, of this house. I think I would guess that's what it means. Because if they want to redeem it and buy it back, that would mean that, yeah, they can redeem it and then it would be theirs again. But yeah, it depended on the quality of the house. So the priest would have to come in, look at the house and decide if it's good or bad, the quality of it. I don't know why that's so funny to me. That's just so funny. But anyway, whatever value the priest sets on it, so it will remain. And if the one who dedicates their house wishes to redeem it, see there, there it is. They must add a fifth to its value and the house will become theirs again. And I don't know exactly what a priest, once they have the house that's dedicated to God, would do with it. Maybe have one of the priestly, you know, members live there. Maybe have a widow that is in need to live there or, um, or a poor person who's in need live there. Who knows what a priest, once this house is dedicated, will do with it. But it looks like, yeah, people could dedicate their houses and just give them to the priests in order to have them dedicated as holy to God. And I think another reason why people like to um, to dedicate things to God is because it really makes us feel better about ourselves, too. Like, it really does. Like, sometimes when I tithe, after after I tithe, I'm just like, yeah, I feel much better about myself. <laughs> And I don't really think that's the point of why we're supposed to do it. But really, it does make us feel better about ourselves if we dedicate something, because then it's like an outward show of how much we we care, I suppose, about God or this issue or who knows what. But, you know, God is um, God sees the heart behind it. He sees if we're doing it for the correct intentions or if we're just doing it to get noticed. But really, all of this is not mandatory. This is all if a person decides to do this themselves. In fact, God rarely demands um, mandatory gifts. The only time he really demanded anything mandatory was during the certain feasts and like the first fruits festival and also for a sin offering was kind of the mandatory offerings people would have to give uh, to God. But when it came to gifts and free will offerings and vows None of this stuff was mandatory. This was all stuff that people wanted to do on their own. But God does place some rules in place as to how it can be done correctly. But yeah, this was a little bit fun to research for me. I don't know why I enjoyed the uh, this particular episode a lot. I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought this was kind of fun to talk about the dedication of the animals and the houses as well. And hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you did, please uh, share it on your social media platforms or tell people about the podcast. Tell people that it exists and let people know that uh, the P40 Ministries podcast is out there. Soon to be the Bible Explained podcast. And don't forget, next Monday and Tuesday, I am taking a break from the podcast just to iron everything out, just to make sure the name change is official and update the website and just update different things to make sure that um, everything is on track with the name change of the podcast. So next Wednesday, hopefully the podcast will be officially changed to the Bible Explained podcast. Now, you don't have to do anything when the name change goes through. If you're already subscribed to this podcast, it doesn't matter if the name changes or not, you're still going to be subscribed. So don't worry about it. So those of you who 
are not subscribed to the podcast and listen regularly, I would definitely recommend hitting that subscribe button now so you don't forget um, the name change of the podcast. But friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your Monday, and I hope you all are blessed. Happy listening, and God bless.